This episode of the OrthoBullets podcast will go over the topic of biceps tendonitis from the shoulder and elbow section on orthobullets.com. The long head of the biceps is well recognized as a pain generator in the shoulder. Biceps tendonitis is often associated with other primary shoulder pathology, for example, subacromial impingement, stenosis of the bicipital groove, and rotator cuff tears, especially subscapularis pathology. With respect to the pathoanatomy, biceps tendonitis is more consistent with tendinosis than true inflammation. Now, let's go over some relevant anatomy. We will go over glenohumeral anatomy in more detail in another episode, but with respect to the biceps long head tendon, this originates off the supraglenoid tubercle and superior labrum. It is stabilized within the bicipital groove by the transverse humeral ligament. With respect to the presentation of biceps tendonitis, patients may have anterior shoulder pain, they may have pain radiating down in the region of the biceps, and symptoms may be similar in nature and location to rotator cuff or subacromial impingement pain. With respect to physical exam, patients may have tenderness with palpation over the biceps groove, and this is worse with the arm internally rotated 10 degrees. The speed test is when pain is elicited in the bicipital groove when the patient attempts to forward elevate the shoulder against the examiner's resistance while the elbow is extended and the forearm is supinated. This may also be positive in patients with slap tears. The Jaegersen's test is when pain is elicited in the biceps groove when the patient attempts to actively supinate against the examiner's resistance with the elbow flexed to 90 degrees and the forearm pronated. You may also see the Popeye deformity, which indicates rupture. With respect to imaging, ultrasound can show a thickened tendon within the bicipital groove, and an MRI can show thickening and tenosynovitis of the proximal biceps tendon, and this will manifest as an increased T2 signal around the biceps tendon. Treatment of biceps tendonitis can be non-operative or operative. Non-operative management includes NSAIDs, physical therapy strengthening, and steroid injections, and this is the first line of treatment. With respect to steroid injections, make sure to direct the steroid injection in proximity, but not into the tendon. Operative options for biceps tendonitis includes an arthroscopic tenodesis versus tenotomy. As far as indications, surgical release is reserved for refractory cases for bicep pathology seen during arthroscopy. The technique can involve a repair versus a release slash tenodesis. Postoperative rehabilitation for a tenodesis is avoiding active forearm supination with the elbow at 90 degrees of flexion. With respect to outcomes, tenotomy may be associated with arm cramping and cosmetic deformity, otherwise known as a Popeye deformity. Tenodesis may be associated with groove pain, and remember that there is no difference in strength between the two techniques. Both recover elbow and forearm strength postoperatively. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. The first question reads, a 35-year-old female undergoes an arthroscopic shoulder procedure. Postoperatively, full active shoulder range of motion is encouraged, but she is instructed to avoid active forearm supination with the elbow at 90 degrees of flexion. Following this procedure, which long-term alteration in upper extremity function is expected? And the choices are 1. Decreased elbow flexion strength, 2. Decreased forearm supination strength, 3. Decreased shoulder abduction strength, 4. Decreased shoulder forward elevation strength, and five, no change in shoulder or elbow strength. The correct answer to this question is five, no change in shoulder or elbow strength. 
So the patient underwent a long head of the biceps tenodesis, which does not affect shoulder strength nor compromise elbow or forearm strength long term. In the early postoperative period, active forearm supination with the elbow at 90 degrees of flexion and resisted elbow flexion are avoided until the tenodesis has healed. The long head of the biceps originates on the supraglenoid tubercle and superior labrum and inserts distally with the short head of the biceps onto the radial tuberosity. It functions to flex the elbow and supinate the forearm. Proximal tenodesis of the long head of the biceps is a common cause of anterior shoulder pain. When recalcitrant to conservative measures, surgical options include tenotomy or tenodesis of the long head of the biceps. While both relieve pain and preserve elbow-slash-forearm strength, tenotomy may result in a cosmetic or Popeye deformity and should be discussed preoperatively with patients. Levy et al. examined 10 shoulders with dynamic electromyography, or EMG, to delineate the function of the long head of the biceps at the shoulder with the elbow and forearm position fixed in a long arm brace. No electrical activity was identified in the long head of the biceps with isolated shoulder range of motion in all planes. The authors concluded that any bicipital function at the shoulder must either be a passive role of the tendon or tension associated with elbow and forearm activity. Shank et al. compared elbow flexion and forearm supination strength following long head of the biceps tenotomy or tenodesis. No statistically significant difference was found in either elbow flexion or forearm supination strength with long head of the biceps tenotomy, long head of the biceps tenodesis, and a non-operative asymptomatic control group were compared, both dominant and non-dominant limbs. The authors concluded that one may select either a long head of the biceps tenotomy or a tenodesis for treatment of long head of the biceps pathology. Yamaguchi et al. performed an EMG analysis of 44 shoulders with and without rotator cuff tears to determine long head of the biceps activity with the elbow and forearm position fixed. Some reports have suggested that the long head of the biceps functions as a humeral head depressor and that this activity may increase in the presence of a rotator cuff tear. However, no significant long head of the biceps activity was observed in all shoulders with and without rotator cuff tears. The authors concluded that any function of the long head of the biceps at the shoulder does not involve active contractions. Moving on to the next question, what is the theoretical advantage of an open subpectoral technique of tenodesis of the long head of the biceps tendon compared to arthroscopic soft tissue tenodesis techniques? And the choices are one, improved cosmesis, two, simpler to perform in the lateral decubitus position, three, shorter surgical time, four, removal of the biceps tendon from the bicipital groove, and five, superior outcomes when compared to soft tissue tenodesis in level one studies. The correct answer to this question is four, removal of the biceps tendon from the bicipital groove. So a subpectoral biceps tenodesis requires an additional incision at the insertion of the pectoralis major tendon on the humerus. This can be difficult to do in the lateral decubitus position, and certainly this technique does not decrease surgical time when compared to arthroscopic soft tissue techniques. There have been no level one studies comparing the two techniques. However, the theoretical advantage of the open biceps subpectoral tenodesis is that the biceps tendon is removed from the bicipital groove, which may eliminate a source of pain in the biceps tendon. And moving on to the final question, while recent studies have failed to demonstrate a significant clinical difference, Proximal biceps tenodesis compared to tenotomy is felt to possibly result in a lower incidence of which of the following. And the choices are 1. Arm cramping, 2. Elbow flexion weakness, 3. Elbow stiffness, 4. Shoulder weakness, and 5. Shoulder stiffness. 
the correct answer to this question is one, arm cramping. So the concern for cosmetic deformity, otherwise known as a Popeye deformity, and muscle spasm or cramping has been an argument against performing tenotomy in the past. The long head of the biceps tendon has been implicated as a common source of anterior shoulder pain. Surgical options to treat it include biceps tenodesis by various methods and intraarticular biceps tendon release or tenotomy. It is felt by some surgeons that a tenodesis may decrease subjective arm cramping and improve cosmesis. Of note, recent studies have failed to show a significant difference between the two groups. Ospar et al. retrospectively looked at their patients who had undergone either tenotomy or tenodesis and found non-statistically significant differences. The patients were non-randomized to treatment groups and therefore selection bias prohibits definitive conclusions. Frost et al. performed a comprehensive review of the literature comparing the outcomes of tenotomy and tenodesis and noted that the studies were predominantly low quality. They concluded that there is a lack of quality evidence to advocate one technique over the other. That's all for this review about biceps tendonitis. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session by OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. If you're enjoying the podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks so much, and we'll see you all tomorrow.